The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the voice. This is of Search Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and this week we're going to talk about the big things that happened in Q3 2020. Joining us for this episode is Kathy Brown, a senior SEO manager at Searchmetrics, which is an SEO and content marketing platform that helps enterprise-scale businesses monitor their online presence. And today, Kathy and I are going to start off our Q3 in review by talking about the Google updates that happened last quarter. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's my conversation with Kathy Brown, Senior SEO Manager at Searchmetrics. Kathy, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Always good to have you on the show. It's been a while. Yes, it has been a while, but you know, things are still happening in SEO land. So we've got a couple of good episodes coming up this week. I'm excited to chat with you and learn a little bit more about what happened in Q3. We're also going to have Tyson Stockton from Searchmetrics' services team join us as well. But let's kick off our Q3 in review. You're doing a webinar for Searchmetrics covering just this topic. And we're going to start talking about what happened with the Google updates. Tell me a little bit about what we know. How many updates were there? When did they happen? Give me the lay of the land when it comes to the updates that Google pushed live in Q3 2020. Well, they weren't really updates. We thought we had an update, but it was actually problems. So Google had a whole bunch of problems sort of spanning from mid-September to early October. And they caused quite a bit of confusion and consternation among the industry. 
It's what we used to call a Google update, which was actually a bug. Yes. And I'm trying to figure out a way to, to mix the word bug and update. And the only thing I can come up with is buck tape and it just doesn't work. <laughs> update. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's I'll use that next time I'm talking to a client and about these Google bug dates. Yeah, and you know, there wasn't just one problem. There was well, in that time period I just mentioned, it looks like there was at least four. So, this is a little unusual and as I say, it did cause consternation because well, let's just look at September 23rd. A lot of us thought there was a Google update because we were seeing shifts in the rankings. And it turns out these were not a Google update. They were actual problems. So I remember doing a couple episodes about the buck tapes, which were centered around Google's indexing issue and a canonical issue as well. I'm honestly still fuzzy on the difference between the two. So tell me, what are those things and then what happened? Sure. Well, let's talk about what those things are first. So Googlebot, when it comes to your website, it crawls the website. So it looks at your page, it ingests the information, the HTML elements it thinks are important. And then it follows a link, one link to another page so that then it crawls your full site. Hopefully, that's what you want. Right. That part I knew. And indexing is kind of the phase that happens afterwards. So um, one thing I do want to mention, because I think our listeners might be interested in this, is back in August, right around August 10th, we had another indexing issue with Google. It lasted about a day. And Gary Ilias did a tweet thread talking about caffeine, which is the name of the indexing system. And he kind of listed all the things that caffeine does. I mean, it brings in what they call the fetch logs, which are actually the data that the crawler builds up. It brings those in. It does the rendering because we know that Google not only reads raw HTML, it actually also reads the HTML that gets rendered after all the JavaScript has been executed. It exacts links, metadata, structured data, computes some signals and then schedules the new crawl. So that was all in the tweet thread. So for those of you who might want to be interested in reading that, I would suggest you go to his Twitter profile, which is method E and check it out. So that is like a quick summary of what the indexing system is. It basically takes the information that's been crawled, turns it into a huge repository that Google then draws on to serve the search results. So the indexing is that phase right. that makes that happen. And then there's the canonicalization, which that's really where I get confused of crawling this process of going through the site. Indexing is kind of rank ordering the paging, putting them in the index. And then canonicalization, is that sorting? What Where does the canonicalization part come in? So canonicalization is, it's actually a tag you place on your page. So and it's called the canonical tag. And this is for the very common problem where you have multiple pages that are kind of the same thing or kind of the same content. So this happens a lot in e-commerce where you can navigate through a lot of different hierarchies to get to the same page, but yet the URL is different. So if you have several pages that have different URLs, but are essentially the same content, 
what you want to do is tell Google, hey, Google, these groups of pages are very similar or they're duplicates. Mm -hmm. And I'm using the canonical tag to tell you the one page I want you to index and rank. Uh, Got it. Okay. So it's essentially if you have page 1 through 10 and an e-commerce site all showing product listings for an iPhone, you might only want to show page 1. You're going to use your canonical tag to show that those pages are related and page 1 is the priority page. Exactly. Exactly. And the reason you might want to do this is because duplicate content on your site, if you don't tag it properly or deal with it properly, it does dilute the power of that one page you want to rank. And it's kind of conflicting. You know, Google has to decide which one it wants to rank. It might be the one that doesn't have all the good information when you compare it to the one you did want it. So it's just a way to help Google select the authoritative URL out of a group of similar pages. So that's what canonicalization is. Now, in these issues that we saw ranging from the 23rd to about the 14th of October, there was an indexing problem, but there was also a canonicalization problem in that Google canonicalized articles to random articles. That's the best way I know how to explain it. So you might have an article, you know, talking about, I don't know, the election, and it was canonicalized to how to get fit in 20 seconds or less, you know, so they weren't really related. And so Google had some problems when it was processing duplicate content, and it kind of screwed up the canonicalization and chose the wrong canonical for the URLs. So that was a problem that we saw from the 23rd all the way up through the 14th. On the 19th, Google told us, oh, yeah, we finally fixed that. And that was just one of two problems. There was Mm -hmm. actually a second one. Right. So there was an indexing and a canonical problem. Right. So there was a mobile indexing problem as well. So those were the two problems. Right. The canonicalization problem and the mobile indexing problem. And, you know, yes, it was mobile indexing, but many sites these days are being crawled primarily by Googlebot smartphone. So even if you are kind of B2B and you mostly have people coming to you on the desktop, you should care because you're probably being primarily crawled by the mobile bot, which you can see if you are or not by going to Google Search Console and looking at settings. It will tell you which bot is crawling you, Mm -hmm. whether you're mobile first or not. Okay. So talk to me about what the impact of the bugs that we saw in Q3 Obviously, they've been resolved. Who was affected and were there any lasting damages? I don't think we have lasting damages, but I mean, I think we're all in the all clear. But I mean, definitely there was two weeks where we had... And I think the impact was mainly on publishers. That's the ones I know about. They had a period of time where they weren't ranking. And you can probably put a price tag to that if you had a URL that was ranking really well. And it didn't rank for a week and a half because of these problems, then you know that could be a hit to your bottom line in your business. So it did seem to mostly impact publishers. I did see some sites that kind of dipped a little bit, but it did seem it was sort of within normal variation. But yeah, when we got to more of the informational side, some of those medical sites or publishers or anybody that had a good body of informational content problems. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. 
You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Talk to me about the way that Google communicated that these were updates, that they were actually bugs, not updates. Right. So at first, we didn't know. As I mentioned, right around the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, there started being chatter about, hey, you know, you know, I'm seeing changes and they're not good. And so... I don't think it was until October 1st. It was right around there where Google did tweet out. I believe it was Danny through the search liaison, a Twitter handler, that yes, we do have two problems. We're starting to work on them. They did mention the canonicalization, I think, didn't impact a lot of pages on the site, but the mobile indexing issues impacted 0.2% of the index which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're dealing with something like the Google Index, that's actually pretty big. It's like hundreds of millions of pages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So they start tweeting out. And so there's been a couple of tweets that have given us progress. So there was one on the 1st. Then around the 9th, they told us the mobile indexing issue was about 99% resolved, but the canonicalization issue was about 50% resolved. And then they kind of gave the all clear on the 19th saying the previous week, everything had been fixed up. So help me put this in perspective. When we think about other bug updates, updates, you know, was this severe? Was this something that Google was a little bit more forthcoming with that, you know, they might not have been with previously similar issues? And are these systems that we've seen have bugs before? Yes, uh, to the last one. Yeah, and I haven't even mentioned yet that we also saw other problems that were also related to indexing in that both September 11th and the 28th, we saw problems with the news in the Google search results in that they weren't actually indexing the most recent stories. Those particular issues got fixed really quickly. So within 24 hours, and they were pretty forthcoming with tweeting out saying, hey, there was an issue and we fixed it. So I think when it's their problem, they are reasonably forthcoming. They were a little slow with the problems that started on the 23rd. But 
I'm not sure that they were completely in the loop of what was going on there because they actually asked people to provide examples. So I think they were still in diagnosis mode and that's probably why there was a bit of delay with, oh yeah, we have a problem and we're working on it kind of tweet. Okay, so Kathy, my takeaway with you know the bugs here is that A, this is not something that's totally new for Google. They were relatively forthcoming with the bugs and they weren't super severe, but also, you know, had a business impact mostly on the publisher side. There was other updates or other changes that we recognized with Google specifically related to license badges in Google Images. Talk to me about what else we saw in Q3 related to changes with Google. Yeah, so there's been a couple of things and I think the license badges are interesting. So if you go to Google Image Search, so go to Google and, you know, click on the images and then search on something like landscape photography, you know, search for images that may be licensed or, you know, are commercial images. And if you look for a dropdown called usage rights and you select commercial, then what you'll see, especially if there are commercial images for that search you just did, you'll see a bunch of images with licensable, let me say that right, licensable badges. And what that means is that either the photo itself has metadata that specifies some of the license attributes, or there's structured data markup on the page that has that image that also specifies license details. And the photo metadata is IPTC. This is actually new to me. I didn't know about this. IPTC. Tell me what IPTC is. It's a standard that's put together. And basically, if you have metadata in your actual file, the file that is the image, that has basically license attributes both these structured data and this metadata will point to a URL that someone can go to to find out how to license this image, whether that means paying money or, you know, under a certain license agreement, you can now go and find that information for an image that has this badge in the Google image search results. And if you click on the image when you're looking at the search results, actually some of those details show up in the tile that pops up when you click on the image. So why do you think that this was a product feature that Google prioritized? It seems like this is, you know, relatively obscure. You have to go into images. You have to put on a filter to understand what is licensable or what is licensed content. Why does this matter for Google? Well, I will say that this will show up even if you don't select the usage rights. The reason I went ahead and walked everybody through that is it's just a lot easier to find the images that are licensable, that have the badge. But they do show up in the regular search if you look around. Yeah, I just think they've added the structured data. I just think that copyright of images and theft of images has kind of been this longstanding problem we've had on the web. And people don't always think about, oh, is it okay for me to use this image or not? And I think this is just a step towards helping people protect their creative work. So for the greater good, Google's trying to show ownership of the content to make their image search not only more feature-rich, but also probably provide them with some legal protections as well. Kathy, were there any other Google updates that you 
saw or you think are notable from Q3 2020? Yeah, those are the big ones. I mean, we had some other stuff happening. I'll just rattle off just a few things. And I know we're going to talk about some other stuff in an upcoming episode. But the only other one I'd probably mention, two things I would just mention. One is that they announced that the mobile first indexing, which we've already talked about in this episode, has been delayed. So this is where Google is putting all sites on mobile first, which means that all sites will be crawled by Googlebot smartphone. So that date was pushed back to March 2021. It was supposed to be in September. So that's one thing that's happened. The other thing that'll happen that I will mention, which is kind of a small thing, is that you can now use a filter called News in Google Search Console. So if you're a site that plays heavily in like the news carousel, that filter may be of interest to you. Okay. Lots of changes with Google in Q3 2020. And we're going to continue the conversation talking about some of the technical changes that we saw for SEOs in 2020 as well. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Kathy Brown, a senior SEO manager at Searchmetrics. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Kathy, you could find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. Or you could visit her company's website, which is searchmetrics.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs. Because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 